On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I try to run it by my team. You know, if there's an idea that happens, fortunately now we have some statistical data that we can go back and challenge, you know, either through finances, whether, you know, what revenues looked like, uh, sure. you know, flow, flow of customers, all that stuff. We go back, we'll look at the data, and then we'll, we'll pose a question with each other. You know, there's usually four or five of us that are decision makers and I lean on everybody for that. There's, you know, very few instances are are my decisions from the hip. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. Hey everyone, Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings. We're back today with Dan Nelson on the King stage. From construction worker to cannabis king of the Midwest, you're going to get a bunch of just real. Um, Dan does a great job of not fluffing anything <laughs> in his journey of of uh, grind. Man, this dude's a grinder, and I can't wait for you to hear it. All right, guys, Chaz Wolf, I'm back gathering the Kings podcast. We got Dan Nelson. What's up, dude? Thanks for coming. What's happening? The 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 listeners here didn't get to catch our first couple of minutes. We were off air talking about um, Dan's sanctuary he's in right now. <laughs> You've got kiddos in the house and uh, I do as well, man. Um, ha- how has that been? I mean, before we get into like your business stuff, I just love people dealing with kiddos and stuff. Like you're obviously in the truck doing the podcast, but like, how's that been navigating the last couple of years with all this stuff with kids nearby for you? Uh, it's, it's, it's not been easy. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I've got a very supportive wife and she loves most of what I do, you know, and the time that it takes to do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but no, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a crazy roller coaster, emotional, yeah. financially, yeah. Oh, just just taking taking those risks and dives, and you know, and then still coming home and seeing the little ones and making it worth every while to wake up and start all over again. Yeah, dude, that's so true. Okay, so tell everybody what kind of business you have. You're obviously a king in the business. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. But tell us what industry you're in, what, what you're up to. So I'm in two industries. So I uh, commercial construction. And then also the big one is uh, we have five retail dispensaries, cannabis, medical cannabis here in Kansas City area. Yeah, love it. Kansas City, Kansas City uh, fellow fellow uh, business owner. So it's so funny when we first got connected. Um, obviously, we didn't know of each other. And here we are both owning multiple businesses in the same city. It just tells you how big the market is, you know, like not, not Kansas city, but just in general business, like you can throw a, throw a little drop out there and and nobody even, you know, just a drop in the ocean type of a thing. So you're, you're in the cannabis industry and I know you're doing commercial, you're doing commercial uh, construction. We're going to get into both of those. Tell us, tell us at this level, you kind of, you kind of led into it a little bit with the kiddos, but tell us at this level, you got multiple businesses, you're doing some big numbers. Why, why do you keep pushing even at this level when you've quote unquote made it? Uh, you know, I, I've never convinced myself that I have made it. Uh, and I think that's why I keep pushing myself. You know, there is, uh, 
I joke with my wife every time we go on vacations. Are you excited? We're getting ready to leave. And I said, I don't get excited until the plane lands and I have no control over everything and we can relax and enjoy the trip. But uh, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I have people that I've got people that lean on me, uh, friends, family, you know, the people that help me start these businesses that they still rely on me to, to do things that, at the end of the day. So I wake up and with that anticipation and, uh, uh, you know, it's not for not letting myself down. It's letting other people down as well that I'm concerned is. So it's not a healthy way to live life sometimes, (laughs) but it's the way of a King. Right. And, and so, uh, I've broken down some language, you know, even in my own, my own business journey, around the kind of warrior to king transition. And, and some of that is like paying attention to those that are around you and um, influencing your community, taking care of your family, obviously. Do you feel like that has been always something that's motivated you or has that been something that's grown as you've grown the businesses? Uh, it's it's definitely something that's always motivated me, I guess, as, you know, as we, as we garner knowledge and, you know, create different avenues for ourselves. We create opportunities um, to help our families in different ways. Uh, it's funny. I've got uh, my like adopted carpenter dad. He just, <laughs> showed it, he just showed up in the driveway just to say hi. He saw me sitting out in the truck. So, uh, awesome. so yeah, I was a, but I was a union carpenter and that, that guy actually just retired. I call him my carpenter dad uh, yeah. because, you know, he took one for me and he, he took me under his wing and, you know, it, and it's, I've got good kids that work for me and both businesses that, you know, I want to be able to replicate and do the same. Yeah. It's been great. The the give back there really is more than just you. And and, and it's so interesting too, that it, it stemmed from someone giving to you. I think that that probably uh, is relatable to, you know, anybody in the audience who, who feels the same way of wanting to give back. Usually it's because they were once given something, you know? Yep. Yep. So, I mean, even, even from like my perspective, like, you know, I grew up single mom family, but we didn't have a whole lot financially, but, man, my, my, she was there, you know, like she was there every basketball game, every, everything. And so like, I want to do that same thing for my kids. And obviously even for my employees, like you're talking about just having people that you can pay it forward to. So. I will, uh, I definitely know that tune all too well. You know, uh, I grew up, my brother and I, single mom, uh, she worked seven days a week. She was, uh, uh, an office clerk at, wow. at a, at a company. And then she worked, uh, Denny's three days a week as a waitress, you know, and then, yeah, we, we didn't have much, but you know, it's, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. And then my mom, you know, at the games, at football games, I could hear that one scream and I was like, <laughs> Oh man, that's my mom. You know? And then, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. But, but tell me if you relate to this, it, there was that, that slightly embarrassed moment. I remember those two because my mom was always the, the loud one too. But I'll tell you what, I wanted to perform too. You know, knowing what all that she had done the last seven days or last seven years for that matter, or whatever the time frame was that we were thinking about. When I heard that voice, it was like an extra boost of energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, do you get that in business too? Like, is that, is that wife now? Is that kids now? Like, what's the, what's the, what's the voice that you hear where you're like, okay, head down. Here we go. Uh, actually right now, as of lately, it's been my teammates, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, when we want to put the team together for the cannabis company, I, I try to reiterate to everybody, there's no hierarchy 
once in our corporate side, we'll call it the corporate side. I, and I, I don't care to call it that because, you know, we're really just a team that helps the other. We're, we're the ancillary part of the company that helps run the business, but we all bounce each other's ideas off of everybody. And then we, uh, but when it comes to, you know, they ask me, Dan, we need you to go in and, and actually do this for us as a company decision. And so that's where, you know, I got people that say, I'm only here because of you. I only, I'm only here because I trust you. Yeah. And so to hear that and that resonates, it's like, you know, I, even when the kids are sick and the wife's sick, you know, sometimes I got to sacrifice. I said, I'm sorry, but I have to be at work today. There's, you know, there's unfortunate circumstances and those sacrifices. It's not, it doesn't have to be fiscal, you yeah. know, just that time with the kids being sick, they want me home and sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good, man. Okay, so I, I think we've got a good, a good perception of, of who you are and, and, and what you're up to. Let's, let's go back into history a little bit. And tell us how, how business started for you. Was it, was it cannabis that first got you in business? Did, were, did, were you, did you have the entrepreneurial bug before that? Where did it start for you? Yeah, so yeah, I was a union carpenter and then uh, I had an opportunity to go out and build and do some remodeling. So I started out in residential remodeling. Uh, left the company I'd worked for for uh, 12 years. And then I'd, I'd always done stuff in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. As a concrete worker, you always picked up side work. So then, yeah, I took the jump, took the dive and started teaching. I didn't know a lick about business. Didn't know a single thing about it other than I knew I knew what things cost. But once you get into taxes and then, then the overhead, uh, you know, what what does it physically take on a granular level? To, yeah. to run a business. And that's where I started to learn on the construction side. And then I built a name for myself there. And then uh, a group of friends came to me with a cannabis opportunity. And they said, well, Dan, those industrial and commercial build outs, and we're going to need some of those when we build these stores. Then, then I had operational sense already built in from my previous experiences. Uh, and then they, I just started to fit the mold better. And then as we grew the company, I, you know, I moved into CEO yeah. after three years of being with the business. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, a long, long history there of uh, of the journey and 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 even the two different industries how they how they've come together but are so vastly different. I love how just for a half second before we move on to some of the decisions you made and stuff. You know, growing up single mom family, how do you think that that's affected you? Either number one, getting into business, or how you make decisions in business, like. How do you think those two things come together for you? Uh, especially with the staff and the other people that, um, you know, a lot of companies, I think, fail. At, they look at everybody as a number instead of as a person. Sure. Yeah. So, so when I look at hiring people and I look at what we're doing for work today or, you know, if, if I know guys got to put food on the table, you know, that's my responsibility that I took and I gave them the opportunity to have a job. And if there's, if there's no work, I, I give everybody an opportunity to come out and mow, do, I mean, do, do anything that at least for a few hours and I'll pay them just yeah. so I know that, you know, so growing up with that, you know, have a single mom and budget being tight, but also too, I, I go out of my way to try to teach people how to financially help take care of themselves or what they can, what they can do to self-perform you know, on a budget, you know, and where you can make mistakes and waste time and money where you should have spent it. 
So, and I know we're going to get into a little bit of that here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's so good though, you know, because not everybody obviously grows up in the scenario that you oh, and I, as well, since it seems like we're the same, but we all have those kind of like determining factors. And for you, it was, well, we didn't have a whole bunch. I saw my mom get really creative. And so that stemmed out some sort of like a, like a, a little bit of a regiment in you. It sounds like you're pretty, it sounds like you're pretty regimented with at least finance because you're teaching other people how to do it. Um, do you think that that stemmed from just that or was that from football or was that combination of the both or that just is what you've, you're just naturally what you're good at? How does that, how does that apply? No, I mean, I've worked towards it through a lot of different things. Yeah. I, I was an Eagle scout through high school. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and like you said, I was, I've been fortunate to be a, growing up around a bunch of intelligent people. Um, and so the best way that I can compliment them is show show people and show them that I've reciprocated what they gave me. Yeah. And so as I learn from other people, I, I think giving back is that education and knowledge. Totally. Yep. I'm with you. Good. Okay. So uh, let's get into some decisions. Along the way, obviously, you've built a couple of different companies, but um, I want to hear a good decision that you've made knowing that, you know, most likely the listener here today is six figures and they're trying to get to that elusive seven figure mark. What, what, what decision that you made that they need to know about that they can also try to replicate? Mm-hmm. Don't wait. I, you know, I made it, you know, people can sit there and ho hum over the best time when the jump in. You can forecast as best as you can. Sure. One of the best decisions I ever made was go just do it. Just just take that jump, take that dive. I mean, if if you're looking for a, a an overall encompassing picture, yeah, just get out there and do it. I love it, man. In that moment when you made the jump, uh, to your point, um, was it like stemmed from I, I don't want to do the job anymore. I want to do my own thing. Or was it that you had enough of your own thing happening on the side where you just said, okay, fine. Like this is overtaking. Like what was that transition uh, like for you? Uh, it was hard actually. It, uh, and it was, and it's both of those parts, you know, in the, you know, in the heavy labor construction union part, you know, I was making great money as a general foreman. I, I generally had, you know, 12 to 30 guys underneath my belt and they, uh, but as I, as I worked day in, day out with these guys in the trenches, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it beat up my body and it's like, do I want to continue another 15, 20 years of this? And then what's left of me when I retire? Right. The other part of me is, is, hey, you do have enough common, you know, common business sense. Why don't you just go out and do this? So, you know, it's making sure I had enough nest eggs saved to even go out and buy our first, you know, our first little truck that my brother and I bought together was a $6,000 diesel work truck. And we worked out of that for six, eight months until we had to put a new motor in it. And then we've, so, but yeah, it it was, it's a little bit of those, you know, I wanted to change my career for my better health being physically, mentally, which isn't true. You know, I think there's, you know, there's, ignorance and bliss you know when i was out running the field it was almost a switch i could come home turn it right off you know and not until i jumped in the work truck did that switch have to come back on right business owner side that's a 24 7 i think that's something everybody struggles with and we have we all have our own personal switches totally yeah yeah there's a lot of that that comes up in conversations uh with with me and other owners of that switch or 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 other language that i've used is the 
you know, working on versus working in um, the business. And I think that there's always that caveat of like, man, uh, I, I'm better at it or I'm in my own way or all those things that you're mentioning. So I think is uh, totally applicable, especially for this this conversation and, and listener. So let's hop over to the bad decision. What would you what would you do along the way that was just a goof of a decision that uh, you can share with us that we can learn from? Don't think you can do everything. Uh-huh. It, so yeah, you know, one of one of my bad you know the bad decision making skills is I think we can do it all. When, and when reality is, is you know, I didn't do enough research, uh, you know, to make it more cost effective for myself. It ends up costing me more money in the long run. Sure. Killing my time, killing efficiencies, and so forth. So yeah, I think bad decision. Yeah. So for you, was it was it in the construction deal where you're trying to do you know everything for everyone, it, or or give us give us what that looked like for you on that? Oh uh, well, so like on the cannabis side, uh, let's uh, you know we thought that we could do everything tech side on our own and there's so much software out there, you know, and there's yeah. lots of new guys popping up, you know, looking for angel funding, building their own programs to manage inventory menus, uh, POS systems. Sure. Uh, you know, so we, we thought we would do our own menus. Oh, it's gotta be easy. Just, you know, cut and paste some graphics, throw some numbers up there. Right. Uh, what we found out later was, you know, our menu system didn't correlate with our inventory. Uh, mm-hmm. and it ended up costing us, a lot more money and time. It was costing us a full time person just to manage a menu when we could have had a had a a, vendor. a software with an API key that integrated with our POS system that could track inventory and populate menus and so forth. Right. But there's right. but things are changing daily in our industry of what products are available or what strains of flour that are available. And then uh, there's so much more stuff granular beyond that with testing results, ingredients, and so forth that can be available as well. Right, and it, it, that you weren't even aware of because yeah. you you weren't able to get beyond yourself. Yeah, well, we thought we were saving ourselves a dime, and basically, we we're costing ourselves a dollar. Yeah how how often do you think that that really happens for people? Like, you know, the guy listening right now, like, is that really happening in his business? It, it could be if you're bootstrapping it. You know, if you're coming up, you know, if you're on the you feel like if you're on the bottom of the totem pole and you think you can save yourself money, for instance, uh, you know, working on your own trucks, uh, if in the construction side, you know, well, no, you've basically just wasted more time trying to fix your own things when you could have taken it to a mechanic while you were doing a job that you have better margins on instead of taking your time where there are no margins in your time. Right. And so, uh, I think a lot of people at the bottom starting up, yeah, uh, it depends, you know, they got a business degree. I don't. I school of hard knocks right here, and yeah. and I've and and, uh, and I've beat myself pretty good in that school. <laughs> got the uh, got the got the uh, valedictorian on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, at least aiming for it. There you go. Um, yeah, you know, I think that I think that you're right. Um, you know, we can we can um, try to save, and, and I think that there are there are times where we have to right. We have to be resourceful. And, uh, and you can't do the deal. But I even learned a long time ago when I was just a sales guy that if, if I could make X on a sale and paying a plumber to come over and fix my, my, my issue was going to cost me Y and Y was less than X, I needed to be at the office making phone calls 
not yep. trying to figure out how to fix the plumbing issue. And, and that's just a simple math equation. And so to your point, most business owners just don't do the math. They just figure, well, I'm going to just do it myself. But they're really costing themselves in the long term. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, just our instance in the menu thing. I mean, that in our first year, we figured we lost twenty or $30,000. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have so, continued if you didn't stop it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, start look. you get the boat floating and then you start looking for holes. It's not the best way to build a boat. Yeah, you know, and actually to tag on to that, what I've found too, and maybe you can tell me if, you, if, if, if you've seen this in other areas of your building business, but once you build the boat to your, to your point of what you just said, you, you, you've, you've um, created a process where you're in it and you're stuck. You created your own menus. If you don't ever do the math, or even if you do the math later on, you realize you're losing, but then it's still hard to pull the trigger sometimes because you're, you have what, what are sunk costs, right? Like you, you, you're there, you've spent the time, you're like, oh, we'll figure it out, we'll get better. You know, like it, it, so the so the madness continues. Yep. Right. Yeah. When do you pull the rug out from under it? Because yeah, you gotta, you have to. There's, yeah, and then then yeah, as we've gotten better at forecasting what our costs are and what, uh, you know, what budget has really here in cannabis, Missouri's new to it. So we all we all came out. Every company came out trying to throw things at the wall and see what what stuck. You know, business wise, marketing wise. Uh, you know, there's some some case scenarios where there's been some multi-state operators that have come in with big dollars and, you know, they start throwing elbows and they've got proven processes from different states. Uh, you know, my friends and I, we're from Missouri. We don't, we don't have really any experience out in another state that is legal. So we've hired consultants. We've tried to take advice. We've tried to do this and this. Sure. Uh, Again, you know, just like for being the show, wake up and keep going. Yeah, that's right. Do you have any sort of process as you make decisions? Um, as you're making decisions literally every day, do you take yourself through any sort of a discipline? Uh, it, nothing formal. I uh, I try to run it by my team. You know, if there's an idea that happens, fortunately, now we have some statistical data that we can go back and challenge, you know, either through finances, whether you know, what revenues look like, uh, sure. you know, flow, flow of customers, all that stuff. We go back, we'll look at the data and then we'll, we'll pose a question with each other. You know, there's usually four or five of us that are decision makers and I lean on everybody for that. There's, you know, very few instances are, are my decisions from the hip. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think as the team grows that more of the voice from those team members is, is important to be weighed in on. Um, obviously I think for the guys that are listening right now, there's probably just them and a couple of guys, whether it be construction guys or their agency owners, or they're just an individual franchise location owner or retail, um, you know, it's just them and a couple of workers. And so, um, to your point is that at some time in the journey, um, those decisions get made by maybe multiple people. Um, yep. that's awesome. Okay. So here we go. Speed round. Dan, you ready for uh, some hard-hitting, punchy questions? Bring them. Bring them. Let's go. Okay. So first question is this. If you could only pick one metric in all of your businesses, and you even have different industries, so I'm, I'm going to love this answer. What metric would it be? It's only one that you can track. What would it be? Volume of accepted people. And, and to this is... Uh, to this is... Uh, Cannabis is still nude for everybody. 
And so, you know, the metric that I would look at is who's informed and who's not informed. Mm. And yeah, it, that helps the business grow. But also, too, you know, there's a, an underlying thing outside of just a monetary deal. You know, it's, there's true medicine out there. So, sure. you know, cannabis is, you know, eliminating so much, uh, you know, pills. They're helping anxiety, sleep deprivation, uh, you know, helping cancer patients, even people that are in hospice. You know, it's improving their quality of life at the end of their day. Yeah. And so, you know, if I was going to look at a metric, uh, just, yeah, I, how many people have been informed? You know, how many people want to be informed? Is the, is, is the, is, it, it's, a, it's a cascading situation in, sure. in our in our industry it gets pretty complex yeah and i love how you said that you know basically without without getting into the nitty-gritty if more people are informed usually what that means to your point and they realize the benefits or then the people that it's helping and then sales go up um because naturally it's a it's a it's a corresponding yep. uh, connection yep do you find the same in construction or is it um, obviously informed is maybe not the right word, but do you find that, you know, the, the more folks like if you're tracking uh, are informed of, you know, the new the newest granite counter? I mean, I don't know like how that applies, but is it the same general thought or is it different? No, I think uh, I think if, if customer service is more on the construction side, I think, you know, there's, uh, you know, timeline awareness and, you know, that, that serviceability that a lot of people lean on in the construction side of the industry. You know, I think uh, there's enough information out there on the internet that we don't have on the construction side, guys, we don't, most of us don't have to go out there and peddle the next best thing. Most people already know what they want. And if not, you know, we kind of lean towards designers and architects to help influence some of those decisions. Uh, But I think for, as a construction owner, you know, serviceability, you know, uh, that, that customer um, trust, that level of trust that customer knows that you're going to get the job done. So, yeah, 100%. All right. Next, next uh, uh, speed round question What book would you recommend for a six figure owner who's wanting to get to seven? Uh, it's more of a, uh, I don't know if it's a good financial book or not. It's more of a, a people book, but okay. it's really popular. Uh, it's even a kid's book, um, The Little Prince. Huh. Okay. Tell us about why that's your recommendation. It shows, you know, I, I think it, it tears, you know, people down to a level where it shows, you know, the different types of people we run into life and imagination and, you know, not to forget that there's still a child in us and that, you know, that still influences how we make decisions some days. And, and some days, you know, days are going to be hard. And, and, you know, they're going to be horrible, tough decisions that you got to make. At the end of the day, it's, you know, you got, you got to be light on yourself as well. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I understand that. Um, okay. Do you intentionally network uh, and or mastermind with other entrepreneurs, Kansas City or nationwide? Uh, yes. So we network through a, uh, we got, there's a, a trade organization that we, we meet with quarterly here in the state of Missouri for, it's called Milk Can Trade. And there are other like-minded business owners. There's cultivation owners, manufacturing owners, dispensary sure. owners, uh, uh, every every you know every faucet that touches cannabis here. And then yeah. I, yeah, and then I network through LinkedIn. And then still, like I've had one of our security companies come to us and ask if you know some advice on how to build their business some more. And I was like, nothing still beats a a solid handshake. Get, getting out there and 
and, and making yourself present in front of people. That's right. Yeah, just meeting, meeting new people. It, it can open up doors all over the place. That's for sure. Um, last question. And uh, this one, this one, obviously, you've got, you got multiple irons. And so we're going to take them both away. We're going to say all businesses is done. You know, your construction business is gone. Cannabis is no more. What, what do you do? What do you do? Hobby farm. Farm? Yep. Be on a farm. Okay. We've got, I want to, oh, just a little hobby farm. I want, you know, I want that retired horse, that retired cow to be buddies, <laughs> chickens, you know, the, uh, you know, something self-sustainable. You know, yeah. Uh, and then, and then a little fishing trip thrown in and here and there. There you go. He said, Hey, if the business is no more, let it be done. I'm, I'm going fishing. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, I think I think some uh, some other owners out there would be with you on that fishing trip if, if their business uh, closed up as well. Um, so anyway, well, dude, this has been incredible. Um, obviously, as a as a fellow Kansas City, and thanks for your time. And I just think that uh, you know, being in different industries, you bring a perspective. And and I know that the the listeners today have gotten just a just some real value um, listening to your very authentic answers. So I just really appreciate your time. If someone wanted to connect with you, Dan, how, how do they do that? Where do they find you? You said LinkedIn maybe, or, or how else would they find you? Yeah, so yeah, Dan, Dan Nelson on LinkedIn, or you can uh, hit us up on our Facebook, uh, you know, Kansas City Cannabis. We've got locations in Blue Springs, Kearney, Excelsior, and Lake Lottawana. And so, yeah, there's, there's ways to find me. Just search for me. There you go. Love it, man. Well, I, we really appreciate you uh, just taking a minute of your time, even, even in the car away from the kiddos and uh and downloading your your mindset to us and so thank you again for your time and best of luck with all the projects that you have working on uh right now all right thanks guys appreciate it yeah thanks for listening to gathering the kings we hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond if you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there i want you to go to gatheringthekings.com that's gatheringthekings.com and i want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.